All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best, you got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Hello, Kiss Army. Welcome to your podcast. I am Gary Schaller. And I am James Hager. And we are your hosts for what we hope is going to be an excellent show. We got a lot of great feedback from the last one, but that you you ain't heard nothing yet. Like Gary mentioned, the feedback for the last show was absolutely overwhelming. And now it's just up to us as your podcast staff to uh, really come through and deliver a classic show for you guys each and every week. Okay, so um, how should we start off? I guess you know one thing we're going to say right off the bat is that this is a listener-driven show, okay? Um, you guys sent us a ton of uh, email, a ton of requests, a ton of feedback on all the message boards, and uh, you know we really we put our heads together. We, we read through all of it. You know we did pay attention to everything that you wrote, and we're so proud and, and glad that you enjoyed it and that you want to be involved in it. Um, we've got so many things planned for future shows. It's it's almost dizzying. And if half of the stuff we have planned comes comes true and comes to life, this is going to be an incredible year. James, why don't you tell them about the website, the email address, all that good stuff? Our website is located, again, on the uh, MyKiss Live server. It's a, uh, I want to stress this to you guys, this, this server of uh, websites is absolutely astronomical in its value to the KISS Army. We have um, the Detention Hall message board, which uh, many consider to be the uh, premier KISS message board community. On there, we also have the KISS collecting forum which you know, all you collectors, no matter what you collect, be it video, audio, um, cigarette lighters, whatever you collect, come in and uh, tell us about it. Sell your stuff, promote your upcoming appearances at conventions, whatever you uh, need to do. And also, of course, we have the podcast. Um, we are located at www.mykisslife.net slash podcast, P-O-D-K-I-S-S-T. Again, that's www.mykisslife.net slash podcast. You can reach us via email at podcast, P-O-D-K-I-S-S-T, at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. The next segment we want to present to you guys is a new segment to the podcast. Um, now, we all know that, you know, for years now, KISS has been snubbed by the so-called self-proclaimed Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, you know, who are they to tell us, the fans, who should be in the Hall of Fame? But that's, that's another story, another debate for a different day. Now, we all know Kiss's place in music history and the people they have influenced. Now, what sometimes gets skipped over are the people that influence Kiss. And in this upcoming segment, dubbed Hooked on Rock and Roll, we will uh, discuss, analyze, and play you a uh, song that shaped Kiss into the very uh, band we know and love. Nothing begins and ends with us. The Beatles, Chuck Berry, Little Richard. Only just another chapter in this ever-growing book. Get hip. I mean, be a real music fan. Punk, psychedelic, garage rock, these are not words that are commonly associated with the music of Kiss. But when Paul Stanley was writing in the early 70s, he was listening to a lot of punk, psychedelic, and garage rock, some out of America, some out of England. Uh, one of the bands that he heard was the Naz, uh, fronted by Todd Rundgren on guitar and vocals and featuring 
Robert Stuckey Antoni on vocals and organ, Carson Van Osten on bass and vocals, and Tom Mooney on drums. One song in particular, Open My Eyes, served as the inspiration for Love Her All I Can, a Wicked Lester song that later wound up on Dress to Kill. Featured in the box set Nuggets from Rhino Records, here's some information on Open My Eyes. The Naz were something of an anomaly when they first emerged from Philadelphia in 1968. While American youth attempted to sprout facial hair and groove to the sounds of acid rock and the West Coast sound, the Naz played smart, hook-driven pop songs that mirrored the British scene of the period. Bands such as The Who, The Move, and The Idle Race. Open My Eyes, the B-side of their minor hit, Hello It's Me, was their crowning achievement, a dazzling power pop production that pits a tough, hard rock riff against soaring, Beatles-esque harmonies. Whether they were mismanaged or just out of step with the times, the Naz failed to make much further headway. They stumbled on for two years, recording three admittedly patchy albums, the last a posthumous release, before dissolving acrimoniously in 1970 when Todd Rundgren left for a more lucrative solo career. It's clear from the first few measures of the song that it served as an inspiration for Lover All I Can, so here, without interruption, is Open My Eyes by Naz. Oh, 
right, Kiss Army, I hope you enjoyed that. That was, once again, Open My Eyes by Naz. Uh, and if you get a chance, um, check out the Nuggets box set from Rhino. Uh, has all those great garage bands uh, from the 60s that Paul Stanley used to listen to and uh, influenced him in a lot of the early writing. Now I'm going to turn it over to my good buddy James, and he's going to take us down, down, down into Abner's Laboratory. Oh, Abner Devereaux, sure. Well, this Abner Devereaux, where can I find him? His workshop's located underneath the Sky Tower. You mean underground? Yeah, way underground. I'll just activate the elevator mechanism. You step inside. Down deep, below Magic Mountain, this is Abner's Laboratory. Here in Abner's Laboratory, we will discuss the little dash of magic and the little taste of science that creates what we know as Kiss Music. Now, tonight, I have for you the original Deadly Weapons demo. And I have a little piece of information um, from what is absolutely the premier source for KISS information on the internet, and that is uh, KISSFAQ.com. When KISS were first reconvening to record the follow-up album to Unmasked, they had intended to record a rock album more in the vein of what their fans would expect. As such, it was most likely to record it at Ace's home studio in Connecticut, and was Eric Carr's first recording with the band. The song itself definitely comes across as being an Unmasked cutoff or transition piece. There are striking similarities in the song, which, while being heavier, would have been right at home on the album with watered-down production. Interestingly, this song never surfaces on any album and is re eventually recycled by Gene for the inclusion on the 1985 album Asylum, as loves a deadly weapon after some rework reworking. Um, I want to thank Julian Gill for um, that piece of information. So here, uh, from 1981, is the demo for uh, Deadly Weapons. <laughs>
And uh, now I believe James wanted to talk about something that's been going on in the KISS world that he's a little upset about. James, you seem a little upset tonight. What's up, buddy? Well, here's the thing. Uh, so I'm coming back to school from my weekend at home, a nice restful weekend. And I, I get on the message boards once I get back to my dorm room here. And I, I see a message that says, Gene Simmons Family Jewels Deluxe Box Set. A&E, $5. Ooh, that's pretty cheap. Exactly. So, of course, you know, I get on there, along with apparently a, a whole good size, you know, amount of people from these boards, and I order a copy of this box set, which, after using a coupon code for a free, for free shipping, it comes out to $5. Well... I receive, and a lot of other people receive today, an email from A&E saying that they're not going to honor these orders due to um, it being a mistake, quote-unquote. A mistake, a small mistake, which apparently they consider being up for three days a small mistake. Now, now of course, it, it, it bears mentioning that our friend Kiss This would probably argue that paying $5 for the Gene Simmons family family jewels box set is already a mistake. But uh well uh <laughs> well uh when talking about the show itself I I uh $5 is a fair enough price I would think. Uh but in my opinion the rain keeps falling demo is brilliant. Good enough reason to buy the set in general. It's I think it's a listen I think it's a great demo. I think that it's a great you know, I think it's a great show. Um yeah, I'm sure we can get into this more later, but a lot of people, I think, saw it as, you know, Gene making a fool of himself and, you know, really showing the dark, the dark, soft, white underbelly of, uh, of, of who Gene Simmons is. But the truth of the matter is, um, he, he is really the ultimate damned if you do, damned if you don't guy. If he, if he plays it fake and cool, people don't like it. If he, plays it, you know, vulnerable and stupid and goofy, people don't like it. I thought that it showed him as a family guy. I thought that it showed him as kind of a... Uh, it showed him as very... What's the word? Is it infallible? Kind of... Almost human, actually, is, is the way I would, I would right. think of it. It, it, t- it will take the Kiss Army, myself included, a long time to possibly get over the image of Gene Simmons stomping around his kitchen in seven-inch platform heels with blood coming out of his mouth. That's not what he does on a daily basis, and now we know that. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we're a little disappointed inside. Right, and I think that people were also upset to see him doing kind of goofy reality TV stuff. Like, I don't know, what, what did he have to do? Uh, uh, get bull semen and, uh, you Went know... Went to fat camp go for to a, Fat camp, right. You know, and I'll tell you something. I think that's the stuff I like best. Not Not the bull semen, necessarily. It's just that I think... You know, if I had to pick a favorite moment from Family Gene Simmons, Family Jewels, excuse me, um, I think my favorite moment is Gene sitting in bed with uh, one-piece red pajamas with a dog on them. Because, you know, that's why you do a reality show about a rock star, to see what they're like when they're not being a rock star. Absolutely. I mean, the show served its purpose, no doubt, but uh, the bad guy is not Gene Simmons here. He made a show. That's, That's his prerogative. The bad guy here is A&E, for um, not delivering to their fans and their consumer what they promised to, to deliver. 
And uh, that's a sad state of affairs, if you ask me. Yeah, now A&E's been, I think, pretty good overall to Kiss and their fans. You know, I think the, the products have been good. The biography was good. Family Jewels, Gene Simmons, Family Jewels, excuse me, was, was, was very good. Um, and the packaging, you know, the, the actual the product that you can buy was great. But this $5 thing sounds like a real, uh, you know, a mix-up. So what, what, what actually happened? What's the turnout? Well, as of right now, I, I've emailed them, as have uh, many people who are experiencing the same problem. And uh, as far as to my knowledge, we have not received a reply. Um, so I guess really right now there is no turnout. Not since the, uh, the, the rocket-firing Boba Fett. Has there been such a uh, disappointment in, in the world of collecting? And, you know, the other Star Wars nerds who are listening will know what I'm talking about. And James is, James is cringing because he does not share my love of Star Wars, do you, James? I have absolutely no clue what you just said to me, so. Okay, very good. So, <laughs> it's best you not know. Uh, uh, all right. Well, you know, I'm sorry that the A&E thing didn't work out, buddy. I, I, I'm sure it will resolve itself somehow. Or you just put it on your, your Christmas list for next year. Yeah, yeah. I guess I could do that. That's what I did. I, I had it on my. I, I got it for Christmas, so I actually paid zero dollars for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, maybe yeah. you're right. Well, but the, there is a there is a silver lining inside the cloud, isn't there, James? Yeah, absolutely. And the silver lining is that unlike A and E. Podkist gives you exactly what you asked for. So we've gotten a lot of requests for this. Uh, what we're about to do is one of many. I hope, I hope it's going to be something that we do a bunch of times until they tell us to stop. Um, many of you have asked if we can play songs that Kiss have played live very rarely. Did I say that right? James, help me out here. What, what am I trying to say? Well, we, we, took, we have a list of songs, and people you know, send in their emails and whatnot, to um, for us to play these songs that they've played sometimes on one, maybe two instances. Sometimes they were played for an entire tour. But the one thing that these songs have in common is that if you go to a KISS show tomorrow, you know, assuming KISS is playing a show, and if they are, please tell me, I'd like to go with you. Um, but if KISS is playing a show tomorrow, you're not going to hear these songs. And if you right. do, and you've really witnessed something. And it's pretty unlikely that these songs have turned up on Alive, Alive 2, Alive 3, Unplugged, You Wanted the Best, Alive 4, Absolutely. Uh, the, the Millennium Concert. The, you know, we got a lot of requests for things like um, Hooligan, Plaster Caster, Hooligan, right. You know, and we sort of shied away from playing that stuff because you can you can hear that on the official releases. You can hear what it sounds like when Kiss plays those songs live. Well, what we're trying to do is, you know, of course, you know, ideally we have all the time in the world to do these shows. Realistically, there there are some time constraints. So what we've tried to do is we tried to narrow them down to the rarest of the rare things that not only don't get played live very often, such as Hooligan. But things, Hooligan's available on uh, Kissology. We're trying to play things that you cannot get in, in your local DVD store or CD store or, you know, that's not widely available. Absolutely. So to start things off, uh, we've gotten a lot of requests for this one. Um, people want to hear what it sounds like when Kiss plays Flaming Youth. So, let's see, who requested this, James? Who wanted to let's hear this? Let's see, we've got uh, three requests here that I, uh, I see. Uh, Whippersnapper? Uh, he posts on uh, Kiss FAQ and on the Detention Hall. 
Uh, Going Blind 710 from uh, Kiss Army Headquarters. And our good friend Corey Nowlin um, requested this. And, 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 uh, and we, should, we should give a little plug for Corey. Uh, Corey's got a great website called, and uh, it has this, effinshirts.com. That's E-F-F-N-S-H-I-R-T-S.com, effinshirts.com. And uh, gosh, how do we explain this? The, the, these are T-shirt designs? Uh, he takes logos that you see in your everyday life, uh, be it, you know, a fast food restaurant, a television show, a book, you know, various things like that, and he somehow incorporates um, KISS into these um, logos and really makes these really unique and wonderful shirts. I mean, I suggest you all at least go to his website and check them out. He has them very reasonably priced. He, uh, as far as I know, he's going to be touring uh, some of the expos and selling his merchandise there. Right, and we'll have more information on, on the expos coming up. We, we, we're we hoping to do some coverage uh, uh, with Corey being our sort of like man on the ta- man on the scene uh, covering the upcoming expo, which we'll have more information about on our website and also on future podcasts. But um, yeah, these shirts are great. I mean, it's, if you can imagine sort of like a, instead of a Pepsi, like it'll be the Pepsi logo, but you almost look, you take a double take because instead of Pepsi, it's a Shandy or something like that. So that's the kind of shirts he makes. And uh, so he and Whippersnapper, Going Blind, 710, have all requested this song. This is Flaming Youth, and it's, uh, it's taken from a really excellent recording made in Paris, 1976, on the European leg of what was to become the Destroyer Tour. And here, enough talk. Listen to Kiss. How you doing?
was Flaming Youth from, uh, again, Paris 1976. Next, we have a, a song for you that uh, us and the Kiss Army have uh, long wanted them to play. We, uh, it seemed like every tour people would say, what do you want them to play? What do you want them to play? And they would say, you know, love them, leave them, love them, leave them. And it never happened until a fabled tour of the Rising Sun in 2006. <laughs>
right, that was Kiss playing Love 'em and Leave 'em in Nagoya, Japan, 2006. Great show, great recording, great performance. Uh, I think they really nailed it. You know, and Gene, Gene's been having some hard times in the in the past few years with his voice. I know that he he had some troubles uh, in 2004, but I, mean, I think he sounded great in 2006, and that song's no exception. I agree. Next up, we've got uh, we've got Eric Carr singing "Young and Wasted." Um, this is a recording from Houston, 1985, on the Animalize tour. Um, who who requested this one, James? Um, Kashmir, our good friend Kashmir. He is a um, also known as uh, Eric Carr, 1990, on various uh, Kiss message boards and whatnot. And uh, I guess here for your listening enjoyment is it Young and Wasted. Now Eric wants to do a little singing for you. He's going to sing a song now. This one's called Young and Wasted. Oh, <laughs> 
All right, the late, great Eric Carr singing Young and Wasted. You know, I'm going to make a lot of enemies when I say this, but I was never a huge fan of Eric Carr singing that song. I think Eric Carr's got a great singing voice, and most of all, I think that he provided some of the best backing vocals uh, that Kiss ever had. That really, like, he, he really nailed the high notes he, uh, you know, in, in the songs they used to play, but I wasn't crazy about how he sang Young and Wasted, but that's why we do this podcast, folks. It's uh, a lot of opinions out there, a lot of Kiss fans who like to hear different things, and uh, that one was for you. And, and uh, actually, Casimir had another request. What, what else did he want to hear? Well, he, uh, he requested um, Nothing to Lose um, featuring uh, Eric Singer on vocals. But, um, as we stated earlier, we're trying to shy away from playing things that you can get, you know, commercially through the band itself. And as we all know, Eric Singer sings Nothing to Lose on the Unplugged album. So uh, I think we have a good, um, another song that's been requested quite a bit, um, a alternative for you guys. Yeah, rather than hearing Eric Singer singing Nothing to Lose, this is a, a far rarer and... Uh... I think more interesting cut. This is from Monroeville, 1995, on the convention tour. This is Eric Singer. Well, this is Kiss attempting to play, and Eric Singer attempting to sing Strange Ways. singer and uh, Kiss attempting strange ways. Up next, Stephen, aka Sinister, has uh, sent us a couple requests. We'll go ahead and introduce them both now, and I guess we'll um, play them both without interruption. Uh, the first being, I've had enough into the fire. And uh, the other? The other is the infamous, uh, all night.
That was Uh All Night from Charlotte, 1985. Great, great recording, great performance. And before that was uh, I've Had Enough, Into the Fire. Take it from a radio broadcast uh, at the Gaumont, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in Ipswich uh, in 1984. This was uh, one of the first shows that Bruce Kulick played with Kiss um, on the Animalized Tour. Uh, what do we have next? Do we Any other requests? Oh, yeah. Okay, so someone wanted to hear Kiss in Time. So this is a, a more recent performance, again, taken from that Rising Sun tour. This is, I believe, Fukuoka, 2006, uh, and this is... This is called Kissing Time. Kiss and 
a great performance of Kiss in Time. And again, you know, uh, another performance that highlights Eric Singer's vocals. Um, and so to wrap things up with our rarely played live segment, what do we, what do we have? We have, um, this is a request from uh, uh, Sasha from Sagafu.com. He wants to hear um, any way you want it. And luckily, we do have a, because uh, a, as we know, the song was never played live in its entirety by the band. But we do have a sound check from uh, Santiago 1994. Great version because, um, you know, it's actually not the whole band playing it, but it's, uh, first of all, it's a soundboard recording, which, you know, that don't suck. And um, it's also, it's great because it's just, I think it's just Gene and Paul um, with guitar harmonizing and harmonizing really well on, uh, on this, uh, a rare version of Any Way You Want It. Alright, that was Any Way You Want It, taken from a sound check in Santiago in 1994 for our good buddy Sasha over at Sagafu.com. Sagafu.com is a terrific site for KISS collecting and uh, just discussing KISS in general. So go check it out. That's S-A-G-A-F-O-O.com. And now we're going to be digging into our big bag of mail. Uh, you guys sent us a lot of feedback and a lot of uh, uh, you know, information, a lot of questions, comments, and, and we hope we get more. You know, please write to us at podcast at gmail.com. So here is where we find out what's on your mind. Is, uh, here's a comment we got from Ace's Middle Finger. Um, James and Gary enjoyed the podcast. Look forward to a monthly edition. Great interview. I'm still reeling from the fact that James admitted to saying Kiss sucked back in the day. Keep up the good work. 
you know, uh, Ace's middle finger, um, it's, it's hard for me to admit sometimes, but it's absolutely true. The only reason I'm here as a KISS fan is because, at one point, blindly I might add, I hated them. And it took a good friend of mine to show me the error of my way. But I'm here now, that's all that matters, right? You know, James, the, the first step to uh, recovery is admitting that you have a problem. It's true. It's true. So now, now it's great that in 2007 you can stand up and say, uh, you know, my name's James Hager and um, I used to not like KISS, you know. But we're here for you. And, uh, <laughs> and thanks for the letter, Ace's Middle Finger. Uh, keep writing to us, keep listening, and hopefully we'll, um, you know, we'll be able to give you exactly what you want to hear. Let's see, what do we have here? A an email from our friend KISS777. Hey, guys, just wanted to say great work. I'm impressed, and you know I love the old stuff, 74 to 79. Well, uh, we love the old stuff, too. We love all of it. So um, hopefully the, uh, the rarely played live uh, tracks um, help. Uh, I guess, satiate your appetite for old Kiss. We're going to, you know, there's a lot of Kiss to focus on, and if we didn't play a lot of the old stuff this time around, you can bet that we're going to go back to it. Hopefully you enjoyed the, uh, you know, the, the kind of deep cut we, we did last time with the interview, and uh, we'll be getting to more of that as we go along. All right, we have a, another one here. This is from our uh, listener, Paul Ball. Hey, guys, you're off to a great start. Looking forward to the next edition. I've been a KISS fan since the mid-70s, so I'm really interested in anything you have from back in the day. Looks like we're going to have ourselves a rock and roll party. Well, um, as Gary just mentioned to uh, KISS 77, we're all interested in what we have from back in the day. But we're also interested in stuff from the 80s and the 90s and even, you know, today. And uh, actually, here's, here's an email from Son of Simmons um, where he talks about just that. He says, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. Can't wait to hear more from all the KISS years. Thanks again. Son of Simmons. Well, Son of Simmons, we, we can't wait either, so um, hopefully you're enjoying this. Uh, what do we have next? We have a comment here from Kiss fan Kevin Warhoff. He says, wow, this is awesome. This will rule. Um, Podkiss will be great. Thanks for doing this. Well, uh, Kevin, um, we appreciate the comment, and we appreciate the sentiments. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Um, also, I want to let everybody know that Kevin himself has started his own Kiss podcast, which we think is absolutely awesome, you know. Look for the link in our show notes, and uh, make sure to check his uh, podcast out and uh, show him some love. Absolutely. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the email, Kevin. Um, let's see, Kiss Forty Four, Kiss Forty Four, our friend from the detention hall. All right. Let's see, what do we have here? Um, hey guys, great job. I love it. I want to hear about anything and everything. Vote Democrat. Keep it up. Uh, Kiss Forty Four. <laughs> All right, that's great. Thanks. I, I'm, I'm excellent. Yeah, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, I'm glad that you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, uh, terrific. Thanks for listening. And what else do we have? Um, and uh, Gary conveniently has left me with the one that's hard to say. Um, from uh, Giasov, if I mispronounced that, uh, email me and tear me a new one. Um, great job so far, guys. Keep them coming. Thanks and good luck. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in and thank you for your comment. Thanks for thanks for writing to us. That's uh, podcast at gmail dot com. Keep the keep the letters rolling, and uh, we will try to give you exactly what you want. All right, folks. I think that's about going to wrap us up for uh, this edition of Podkiss. Um, we would like to thank you all, of course, for um, tuning in and listening to us. And of course, we would like to thank the uh, the great websites that have helped us do this. Um, Kiss online. Kiss Asylum. The Detention Hall. Kiss FAQ. Uh, Sagafu.com. Kiss Army Headquarters. 
uh, and of course um, the Kiss Army, uh, you guys. Um, you know, you make this worthwhile to us, and you make you really make this uh, podcast what it is. And of course, most of all, more than anyone, as always, we want to thank Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Peter Chris, Ace Fraley, Vinnie Vincent, Mark St. John, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr. You are KISS, and we are your army. Thanks, guys. Rock and roll. Everybody take it easy. We'll see you next time. <laughs>